Bill's Pod Squad is brought to you by the New York Lottery. Play the limited edition New York Series scratch-off game and you could catch up to $1 million. You must be 18 years or older to purchase a lottery ticket. On this week's episode, we sit down with Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald, where he tells us which Bills Hall of Famers he idolizes. He discusses his relationship with the current Buffalo Bills and how he's playing a major role in advocating for change in America. Kim and I then give our favorite NFL personalities and we look ahead to the Bills game Sunday in Arizona. Welcome into Bills Pod Squad presented by the New York Lottery, a podcast that touches every corner of the NFL and gets into who the players are without their helmet and pads on. Maddie Glavin, Bills owner and president Kim Pagula here as your host. We've got Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald on with us to give us a blueprint of how to beat the Cardinals. Just kidding. He gets into his fandom of former Bills players and what it's like being a 17-year vet in the NFL. It's our 10th episode, Kim. They haven't kicked us off yet. No. Can you believe it? <laughs> Still glad to be here, just like the, the league, still um, happy to be playing games and still happy to be doing podcasts. <laughs> Definitely. Kim, before we get into the interview with Larry, we've got to chat about this 44-34 to 34 Seahawks win. The first thing I want to know is what it was like in that suite, because I saw a picture that was tweeted that was like a high five <laughs> against the glass. So I was like, oh my gosh, the energy had to have been amazing in the suite. So well, give me all the, all the details. Yeah, you know what? It was so interesting. Terry said to me that morning, of course, I'm always a nervous Nelly, no matter who we're playing, right? Or what our record is. But Terry said to me this morning, you know, I'm not really worried about this game. And I'm like, what? Why not? Right? <laughs> so, and then Dan Morgan said the same thing to me when we were in the suite. He's like, you know what, I just, I have feel a calm. And he's also another one that gets very uptight and nervous before a game. And he's like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's a calm to this game. And so, I mean, they had, their intuition was, was certainly right. And it was, it was so much fun when you put up that many points, um, a lot of cheering, a lot of high fives going on. Joe Shane was not in the testing protocol. And so he had to be in the suite next to us, um, socially <laughs> distanced, but a lot of high fives going on. Uh, through the glass. So it, it was, it was a lot of fun to be there. Yeah, I, I would say I'm probably on your side going into this game. I was like, oh my gosh, the Bills are going to have to play their best game yet. Like all three phases, like you talked about last week, are going to have to align. In Maddie, I think they were listening to me. I think that, I think <laughs> I actually, you know, they may have listened to me because that's what happened. All three phases really contributed equally to this win. Um, it was great to see that that big um, return by Andre Roberts, you know, to just set the tone for the game. Our defense showed up, just really sacking um, and, you know, causing four turnovers uh, with Russell Wilson. And then our offense just putting up the points. So I, I don't know. I may have a future in coaching. I don't know. I know. Maybe, maybe after uh, your time as an owner and president, you could get onto the football field and start your coaching. But I completely agree. Like the offense – blowing up for 44 points. Josh Allen had so many big connections to his wide receivers of 20 or more yards. So it was great to see the offense get going in the air again. I mean, we haven't really seen that since the beginning of the season. And I think it's because of how defenses has, have really played the Bills, making them run the ball, making them string together like we've talked about before, those long drives. And after the game, the Seahawks coach, Pete Carroll, said, you know, we had a great game plan if they were going to go to the run game. But – and it was like, dang, did they not have a game plan for the Bills to air it out? Because you have Josh Allen, you have Stephon Diggs, you have Cole Beasley, John Brown, Gabriel Davis. Like, they 
had to have had some sort of game plan for the air attack that happened, but it didn't really seem like it. So I'm just so proud of the way they were able to put that game together. Really proud of the coaches of the game plan because it seemed like Leslie Frazier and Brian Dayball just really dialed up the perfect game plan on offense and defense. Uh, of course, the Seahawks scored a lot of points, but the way the defense was so aggressive gave me so much hope for the next few games coming up. It, like I said, it, it was a lot of fun um, way to really kind of uh, start the second half. And at seven and two, I heard that that has we have not had that record since 1993. 1993. And that year is significant because that's when Terry and I got married. So when I heard 93, I was like, oh, you know, so Terry and I have been married 27 years. We got married in 93. So I was really happy that, you know, that we were seven and two since 1993. A lot of good meaning, a lot of good memories for me uh, with, with that stat. So, um, but, you know, as you know, it's, there's another game this week. So enjoy, enjoy Sunday's game, but back to work. Yeah, it's not like there's a, an easy opponent ahead for us because each week presents its different difficulties, its different challenges, no matter if a team has one loss or two or one win or two wins, uh, two losses or five losses. It's just going to be tough because the NFL, it's not an easy league. Uh, we've got a top three this week. And since we have Larry Fitzgerald on, many people know him for his play on and off the field because he's been in the year for 17 years. I can't believe he's been in the league for that long. Uh, so we figured we would do a top three on our favorite NFL personalities, former and current. So Kim, would you like to go first? Hmm, let's see. So just NFL personalities in general. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll go with the obvious Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> just, just happy that uh, we were able to talk to him today. Um, I will say that, you know, I remember the first time I met him, I was like, hey, my stepdaughter went to school with you. So my stepdaughter went to Pitt. Um, at the same time, Larry was there playing. And so I, I was a total fan uh, the first day that um, first time I, I met him. And you know what? Tremendous person, um, obviously, like you said, off the field, on the field, the amount of work that he's put in, um, the kind of person he is, and he just so represents our league so well. And he's been a mentor to so many of our players, um, just, you know, not our players, but players just in general, as well as building, like we talk about building those relationships within the league, within, um, with other owners, and just, um, he's just been a tremendous person that I think just really represents athletes really well the type of people that they are, um, how they contribute to our society. Um, so I, I would say he's probably one of uh, my top my top personalities. Yeah, and I feel like you can definitely hear that and understand that from the interview that we do with him. So can't wait uh, till everybody listens to that because it's just evident the type of athlete he is and the type of person he is and how that's affected so many different players in the NFL and outside of the NFL. I'm going to go just personality, personality-wise for my first pick, and it's one of our Buffalo Bills players. I'm just going to play favorites because I think this pick is pretty obvious. It's got to be Tredavious White. I mean, I think he is one of the best NFL personalities. Kay Adams told us when she, when we had her on that Tredavious White was her favorite NFL personality. So I'm just going to piggyback off that and say I completely agree. He is a national treasure. He is so funny. Uh, the love that he has for his family, his children, 
is just amazing. The love that he has for the game, for football as a whole, just when you talk to him, I feel like you just leave the conversation feeling like a happier person because Trey brings that type of energy to any situation in life and will leave you laughing after any conversation. And he's a heck of a football player on top of all that. Yep, one of the best, if not, I'll say the best cornerback in the NFL. Good to see him get an interception last week against the Seahawks and just so happy that he's on our team. Like I say about so many players on this current team. All right, who's number two for you? Well, okay, so I will have to say, you know, I just don't want to show any favoritism. So I'm not going <laughs> to be anybody that is on our current roster. So I just, I don't want to get okay. in trouble and, and have any okay. bad feelings. So okay. um, having said that, though, I will pick someone who is used to be on our team. And I, I do them in a tandem because they played on the team at the same time. So I'm going to say that Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas, um, another personality, you know, listen, at, after the career that they both have had, they could have lived anywhere in the world and they chose to stay right here in Buffalo. And to me, that says so much about who they are, what football has meant to them, what the community uh, means to them. And then what, what um, we mean to um, what we mean to them. So as a team, and I know how well they represent our city, our beloved city um, of Buffalo to the rest of the world in all their, you know, endeavors um, they've done since they, since they left the game and um, just always such a positive influence. And I just think it's just great to see when you've got players who have accomplished what they have accomplished of staying in your community and continue for years and years after to be a, a part of that. Yeah, I've only known Thurman and Jim for a short time since I've been with the Bills for just over a year and a half now. But I feel like in that short time, it's been so great to get to know them in the interviews that I've done with them or just seeing them do other interviews, seeing that what they do in the community. Uh, so it's great to have them as a part of our Bills Legends family because I think they're a great example uh, for current and former players as to how you should operate as an NFL player and just after life of being an NFL player, just kind of being a a great example for so many people. Uh, Number two on my list is going to go to a player who I know from my Tennessee days. So he's a current saint, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Many people know him for his play on the field in the NFL. He's a great running back, a great pass catching running back. And I got to cover him for a couple years when I worked at Tennessee. So he was just a great player to get to work with, had a lot of energy, just like Tredavious White, always was a light in any room that you walked into, uh, always made you laugh. Uh, but like you said about Tredavious, just also a great player in the NFL. So he's my uh, second personality. My list is is people and players that I know. Uh, since okay. I haven't been in the NFL for nice. too long, I'm just a newbie here in this league still. So I figured I'd pick players that I know. Who's well, number three? Certainly a great uh, connection to have and to know personally. So I would say, so my third personality, I would say, is John Madden. <laughs> so I, I know but John hasn't been around the game um, as of recently, but I would just say that someone, as you grow up as a football fan, when you really, he just made the game so fun. He made the game simple, easy to understand. 
he made it fun. He brought, he brought the game into your living room back then, you know, that's me back then when we only had one TV in the family. Um, and so as you watch the game, but I, I would just say him. And of course, of course, the inspiration behind Madden, the, the, um, the e-game. So, I mean, how can you not love someone who has had such a huge positive impact uh, on the game of football? And one other tidbit I would say is that, you know, it's very um, wide known that he drives everywhere that he goes. And my Ooh. husband is a driver beyond, and he, he flies now because we just don't have time. But I will say there, there were many years where he would not get on a plane and we drove everywhere. And so uh, I felt a little, uh, you know, kinship with John Madden, uh, knowing his love of driving and, and not flying because I and Terry, we had the same uh, love of driving. That is a very interesting tidbit and a good pick for a third pick in our top three. Um, my third one is going to go to two players, and it's based off of the work that they did this offseason in the community. One of our players, Josh Norman and Demario Davis, who's also on the Saints. So I have all Saints and Bills players. I don't know what that says about me. Um, but just to see Josh and Demario pair up together this offseason when we saw uh, so many protests going on, pro protesting racial injustice after the killing of George, George Floyd. They got together and they did a five-city tour in six days where they went to different cities and got to meet with uh, police members, got to meet with uh, local officials, uh, local people in the government to try and mend those relationships, to try and build those relationships, to try and get inside of, you know, how do you, how do you govern here? Uh, what is your relationship like from police officer standpoint with your community? How can it be better? So I thought that was really cool that they just got into the community, tried to do some work on their own, you know, they were motivated by what we saw going on in the country and what we're still seeing in our country today. And I got to go to the press conference uh, that they held and that they were a part of when they were in Buffalo, because that's one of the cities that they picked. And I quickly got to talk with Josh and Demario, and I just thought it was so inspiring. And I think that's one thing that's really cool about NFL players is their, their ability to inspire people outside of the sport and inspire people just to be better humans, to fight for what's right, and to just want, you know, the best and the most out of this world and out of, you know, the people that we deal with on a daily basis. So I just thought that was really cool. I know they're really involved in, in the community of which they play for, but also the community of where they're from and beyond. Yeah, you know, the one thing I, I did love about Josh um, Norman when he came in, because he came in as a humanitarian before he came in as a football player. So I just thought it was great for him to have that impact and that involvement before he had even, you know, he, you know, we had signed him as a player, but the season hadn't even started. And the first thing he did was really try to understand our community and the issues that we were dealing with that a lot of other communities were dealing with at the same time. So good pick. Yeah, definitely. He's he's not even here as a true player, and we haven't even started practices yet. And he's at a he's at a press conference with the mayor Byron Brown. I'm like, who is this player? What is he doing? This is so dang cool. So um, excited that he's a part of our team. Hopefully, he gets healthier, and we get to see more of him on the field as the season goes forward. But that segment was brought to you by Safe Light. Safe Light is also this week's game sponsor, the official Auto Glass Repair and Replacement 
partner of the Buffalo Bills, and we've got to talk about our Fanbox t-shirt this week. It's a Thanksgiving shirt. It's Dion Dawkins shirt, so I'm going to hold of it course. the camera. It says Feast Mode, uh, so it looks like you got a Billy Buffalo here with some food, some Thanksgiving dishes, and I, yeah, it's I black, wonder how much blue, Dion red. Eats on Thanksgiving. What, what do you think? Like, you know, five pounds of turkey? I, I don't know. Like, how, like, I, I would have to say a lot. Um, last year, we did a video with the offensive line. We did like a Thanksgiving draft where they had to pick their favorite Thanksgiving dishes. And I had the best time doing it because these offensive linemen like argued over what was the best sides, what was the best main dish. So just from that conversation and from that Thanksgiving draft that I did with them, it was like obvious to see how much food they love to eat and that they have to eat because they're offensive linemen. I would love to have to eat food. I would, I would love it. That, that would be, I wish I could be an offensive lineman. Um, me too. Maybe we should uh, try out for that later in life. See, see how far we can get. Um, but that fan box t-shirt, Dion Dawkins Thanksgiving theme shirt is available at billsfanbox.com until Sunday, November 29th at 11.59 p.m. So we're giving you guys a lot of time to buy this before Thanksgiving. You can order by November 14th and fans will receive their box before Thanksgiving. So make sure you do that. Uh, you've got a couple days to do that before November 14th hits and all proceeds will benefit Independent Health Foundation. So it's a good cause. So you should definitely get your t-shirt. It's a cool design. Well, and make sure you get a size up. So if you have it for Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? Like, like get a size bigger so that you can be comfortable and expand on, on Thanksgiving. That's exactly. just my helpful tip. It can be your after dinner, your after lunch shirt that you put on right before you sit on the couch and watch some football. I wish we were playing on Thanksgiving again. That was no, so fun. That was, so, that, was, that was such a great game, such a great memory. Um, I, I forgot that was just almost a year ago. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Some teams are lucky. They get to play on Thanksgiving quite a bit. I think the Bills should be on that rotational schedule. Our, yeah, our, our ratings did so well uh, for that game last year. So, and it was a great win. I think it was, I, I like to think that at least that year, it was kind of Josh's, for one of his first coming out parties. Yeah, uh, yeah his, I definitely. One of his first coming out games, I should say. Yeah, definitely look at that game as one of his coming out games against the Dallas Cowboys. Man, it was such a fun, fun game to watch, fun game to be a part of. The Buffalo Bills are proud to partner with National Grid in promoting the Safety First initiative where every time a Bills safety makes a tackle at home, National Grid will donate $50 to the 100 Club of Buffalo in support of first responders and their families. National Grid reminds you to put, your, to put safety first in your home with this easy tip. Call Dig Safe at 811 before you dig in your yard to check for underground power lines and pipes. All right, here's our interview with Larry Fitzgerald, the 17-year NFL vet who is still going at it. Larry, thanks so much for taking the time to be on with us. A veteran like yourself who's seen the NFL through so many different years. We're excited to talk to you and to hear about your story on and off the football field. Uh, so first, I just want to ask you about the matchup. The Buffalo Bills taking on the Arizona Cardinals. This weekend, the Bills are headed out to your turf uh, for the game. It's going to be a good matchup to 
great offenses that are going to be on the field. And Larry, I feel like you've seen this Bills team probably evolve more than other people have since you've been in the league now for 17 years. I guess what have you seen on film from them in this week studying them that makes them a little bit different maybe than the Buffalo Bills that a lot of people know? Well, you know, first of all, you know, I'm a little disappointed. You know, I was looking forward to playing this game in Mexico City. Um, you know, we were going to play it um, down south. It would have been, been a lot of fun. Probably had a few more Cardinal fans down there. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I'm glad that we're able to still be able to play, playing a wonderful team. Um, Coach McDermott's done a great job of putting together a really well-rounded football team, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams, um, obviously offensively. You know, you saw what they did. Um, you saw what you guys did last week against Seattle, scoring 44 points. It's, it's pretty spectacular. We played Seattle the week before. Um, so we know what kind of football team um, they beat. And, um, you know, we have, we're going to have our hands full. You know, they, they caused a couple turnovers, you know, able to make a couple interceptions and obviously special teams, dealing with one of my closest friends in the world, Andre Roberts. Um, you know, he had a big kickoff, you know, to open up the game. And he's been playing spectacular. So it's been great to see him you know, continue to, to show his dominance, you know, and uh, in all phases of the kicking game. So we're going to have our hands full, but we're looking forward to the matchup. There's definitely some overlap with the Bills and the Cardinals and players, Andre Roberts, John Brown. But first, before we get into that, I want to hear the story about how you two know each other, because our listeners might be like, why is an opposing player on the podcast this week? So Larry, Kim, tell me how you guys know each other when that first introduction was made. Uh, so we got a chance. I got a chance to meet Miss Pagula. Um, it was at a at a NFL um, sponsored event. We were in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, Commissioner Goodell was also there. We were doing a panel um, um, there uh, with a lot of Pizza Hut um, um, a lot of pizza. around around the country, and I got a chance to spend some time with there. And and I was uh, thoroughly impressed by with just just everything I read about her and how involved she was with the team, but never I got a chance to meet her and be able to spend some time with her. It, it, I was just blown away by, you know, just her expertise in so many different areas, you know, not just football, but from the marketing and um, community. And I mean, it's just, I was blown away. And, um, you know, so I was, I was truly stop, honored. Larry, to stop. <laughs> stop. And now I will say that my, one of uh, my favorite meetings with Larry was actually, we didn't actually, we didn't exactly meet then, but he, spoke at an owner's meeting. So we spoke at one of our um, annual owner's meeting, the big one that we have in, in March usually. And he came up there and I will tell you, it is not easy to stand up and speak to a room full of league officials, of all ownership, their families, all the coaches, everyone was there. And Larry stood up and had some just wonderful words uh, to say about the responsibility and about how much ownership and clubs mean to players and his experience um, with that. And I know that has always stayed with, with me um, as well as my husband when you spoke at, at that time. If you, if you remember that, I'm sure you were super nervous uh, during that time, but it was, an, uh, it was an awesome words that you said and really resonated with myself. Oh, well, I mean, that was, it, was a great, it was a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, I just have, I have a lot of respect for the league and, and in particular, the owners and, and how much they, they give back. I mean, I've been here with the same organization for 17 years now, and that would never have been possible if it wasn't for the Bill Will family, you know, believing in me and giving me a chance to come here and, and earn a living and be a part of this great community that I've been a part of for 17 years. So it's a, it's a, a relationship that, you know, it's, it's built over time, but, 
you know, just when I was 20 years old and I got drafted here, I didn't know a thing. And, and I leaned on Michael heavily, um, you know, for just where to live. You know, I'm looking for a housekeeper. I'm looking for a landscaper. All these questions that I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't have any relationship with anybody. And I leaned on him and he helped me every single step of the way. And then as I got older, you know, the relationship just continued to develop. And, you know, he played an integral role in my maturation process. And, you know, he's the sole reason I've been able to be here for 17 years. And so, um, you know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that the relationship that I have with him and just how much, you know, the ownership means to, to players and um, being able to help them off the field as well is important. Well, and you have wonderful relationships, not just with with um, Mike Bidwell, but also with other owners around uh, the league. I got a phone call one night and, you know, it was just hanging out over the summer and the off season and, you know, say, hey, come over, you know, I have I got someone here for you. And I was in my pajamas, actually, when that call came. And I was like, I can't go. But then Larry was on the phone just chilling with one of the owners. And, you know, um, that's just so great to see because we always kind of get that perception of there's kind of the players versus owners is, you know, there's a barrier there. But Larry, uh, for sure, does not uh, exemplify that. He is, for first and foremost, just a relationship builder. And uh, that's what I, I love about him. So... Knowing that, you know, you think ownership is very important, I just want to ask you, you know, you know, um, Isaiah McKenzie, John Brown, um, Gabriel Davis, I know was, you've been a big influence on him. Got any inside information for me to help me develop my relationship with those players? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, those, all, all those men that you mentioned are outstanding human beings. Um, and I, and I sh I'm pretty sure they're probably nervous to have any interaction, you know, with you. I mean, you being their boss, signing their checks and all, but if you got to know them, you will love them. Their personalities are, are all infectious. And I haven't got a chance to meet Gabriel, but just in terms of what I've heard about him, he just seems like a really, really astute young man. And I'm looking forward to being able to shake his hand and congratulating him on his, uh, on his career and his success thus far. And, and if anything I can do to help him continue to, to um, improve, I would be more than happy to do that. But um, you know, like Andre Roberts game in the league in 2010, and we've been, you know, thick as thieves. We traveled the world together. We've been to six different continents, played golf at, all over the place. And, you know, he's seen my kids born. I've seen his son born and spent so much time together. And and John Brown, uh, he was drafted here in uh, 2014 and um, just loved the way he works and the way he goes about his business. Just I'm just blown away by his mental fortitude, the things he's been able to overcome, you know, losing his brother to a, a tragic homicide and um, the adversity he had to go through to even be able to get to Pittsburgh State and, you know, going to the neighborhood where he grew up from. I mean, there's not many guys that are coming out of there and being successful, not only being a success on the football field, but being a role model in his community, being a wonderful father to his daughter. And, you know, I'm just, I, I love just to see guys be able to grow um, into the people that they are. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm elated for them. I'm looking forward to just giving those boys some hugs, man, and telling them I love them and um, I'm just happy for them. Well, maybe you can go a little bit easy on them since you love them so much. Uh, no, no, no. You know what, Mr. Fagula, honestly, when you play against your friends, you want to beat them more than anything because you, <laughs> you, you talk to them, you spend time with them. So, it, you know, if you lose to them, you got to hear about it for the rest of the year. And, you know, it's like you wanted to be able to get the bragging rights. You know, the love, the, the love is going to be the love, but it's always nice to be like, Dre, you didn't have any yards on the kickoff <laughs> or the punt team. We, we shut you down. You know, like that. that's that friendly banter you want to be able to have with your boys. Larry, oh, what is it? What's it like, um, you being a veteran on your team with having a young, um, I, I know he's not a rookie, but having a young quarterback in Kyler Murray, um, I'm, you know, you've seen a lot come and go um, over there. 
in Arizona, you know, so, you know, how have you seen that position evolve since the time you've been um, in the league? Well, so interesting enough for me, um, the other great quarterbacks that I played with, you know, Carson Palmer and Cart Warner were always older than me. And so they always were able to impart wisdom and be able to teach me the ropes, right, on and off the field. And so I learned a lot. You know, I got Kurt for five years and I was 21 when he got here. I didn't, I didn't know anything. He taught me how to practice, taught me how to work. Um, you know, he, I, I watched how he did his work in the community. You know, I just, I was just silently always watching him. He'd invite me over for Thanksgiving when my family wasn't here. And same thing with Carson, I, you know, so I learned a lot with him. So this is an exact flip verse. And I remember those guys were never pushy with how they taught or how they kind of just, you know, helped me. They just showed me a great example. And then I have a choice to either follow it or go on my own route. But I saw those guys were having success. They had, you know, beautiful families, wives and kids, and they did things the right way. And I said, I, I want to be able to do things that way. And, and I'm, I'm very cautious not to try to push my ways or the ways my philosophies on Kyler. I want him to be his own man. And I think he he's a wonderful, wonderful young man. I mean, he's, he's got two great parents. I mean, he's got one girlfriend. He's got one car. You know, like he's got – he didn't buy some huge mansion. He's got a, a nice, you know, two-bedroom condo. I mean, he's very sensible in, in everything that he does. And so, um, you know, his, his families and, and the people around him have done a great job. Um, and he's gotten so much better in terms of his football and his, and his knowledge and his relationship with his teammates. He's really growing. And so, you know, he's, he's coming along. Um, he's a really exciting young player. Um, the sky's the limit. And – you know, he, he knows he's got a big brother in me that, you know, anytime he has anything he ever needs on or off the field, he can always rely on me. Um, and he knows that. So, you know, I don't want to be pushy and tell him what to do. I just want him to, to be to be as special as he possibly can. If anything, I can do the system. I'm there. Larry, you're touching on players who have affected you, who you learned from, and then passing it down to, to other players. I mean, we mentioned Andre, John, and Gabriel, who have learned so much from you. And you hear about coaching trees all the time all the time in the NFL, but I think there's like a player tree or at least a wide receiver tree with you and that you've touched so many players, probably more than you even know. I mean, here's Gabriel Davis, a rookie who comes to the league, and he says, I wanted to play NFL because I was – watching TV one day and saw Larry Fitzgerald in a game. And that's when I knew I wanted to be an NFL player. Have you had those interactions where maybe a player comes up to you and is like, man, you don't know how much you've impacted my career or how much um, has been passed down from you through another player like John Brown. And what are those instances like when you hear about that? Oh, Maddie, I can't even tell you. Like my, so my dad has been a journalist in the Twin Cities area now for 43 years now. And so I grew up in sports. I was a ball boy for the Minnesota Vikings and getting a chance to grow up. And some of the players that I really idolized were actually some of the Buffalo Bills and some of the guys I have relationships with now. I mean, I talked to Jim Kelly just last week. Um, I love Mr. Kelly. His one of the toughest men I've ever been around. And, um, you know, I, I always, I relish the relationship that I've been able to build with him. And Thurman Thomas, I'm very close with. Bruce Smith, I'm really close with. Andre Reed, James Lofton. Um, all these guys have been tremendous mentors for me over the course of my career. I can always call on them and ask them, text message them. I'm in Virginia, you know, Bruce, where, where's the golf course? Or can you show me some of the development stuff that you're working on? And, you know, like I can, I can always ask these guys those type of questions and they're, they're always there available for me. But yeah, I was a, I was a quiet Bills fan growing up, you know, Pete Metzillard and Kenneth Davis and, um, you know, I, I got a chance to coach, coach Frank Wright, coach me, you know, here for, for the Arizona Cardinals for a year. 
um, you know, Cornelius Bennett and all those guys. I was a, I was a big Bills fan. I loved I loved watching them. I loved the way they competed and. You know, so those those guys have always been uh, been fun for me to watch. I hope that they play really, really well next week. Well, okay, so Larry, so you are also an owner, yes. part owner of the Phoenix Sun. Uh-huh. So I just want to give you an opportunity from one owner to another. You know, any questions? You know, <laughs> being a new owner that you might have that I might be able to impart on you. <laughs> well, Ms. Pagula, it's, it's a big difference between being a minority owner and a majority <laughs> owner. You know what I mean? Okay, like, well, I'm actually half and half with my husband. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm only at the 50% mark. But, but um, I, I'm sure anything you've learned of uh, being that minority owner and just even from a, participating in another league, um, just, yeah. you know, I, I've learned a lot, I believe me, uh, in the almost six years that we've been owners. So any, anything that you've learned uh, in your time so far? Yeah, I've learned, I've learned a great deal. Um, you know, basketball is a lot different from football. I mean, when you're dealing with 53 players and just the, the massive scale of, of an NFL organization and team, it's much different in basketball. And it's been really cool because I've developed really strong relationships with, with DeAndre Aiden and Cam Johnson and, and Devin Booker, who are Kelly Oubre, who are some of our young star players. And I mean, they're really young guys. They, um, you know, Devin, you know, he's a, he's an all-star and a max max player already and he's, he's only 23 years old and you know to be able to just try to impart a little bit of the wisdom um you know just help them out where you can is 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 uh is, is really fun and you're able to really have some really close personal relationships with them because there's not this there's not a lot of guys you know and so you know for instance yesterday we just opened up our new practice facility yesterday and I brought a couple of my teammates over there to so shoot around and so it was it was it's really exciting. We're doing a huge renovation on our on our arena downtown Phoenix and um and so I mean this is really it's really cool to be able to part of it. Um and to be able to do it here in the city that I plan to live on, live in and, and raise my family and is even make it more exciting. So it's it's great to be able to have um, you know, two organizations that you're rooting really hard for every single week. One one you're still working for and the other one that you're that you're uh, you know, heavily involved in. Are you getting to learn anything about being in the business of sports? Yes. So things off yes. the court, off the field, yeah. um, so, as it relates at, at the league level? Um, not so much on the league level, but, you know, from the scouting meet, scouting meetings, um, sitting in the marketing department, going out and meeting with different sponsors that, that we're targeting. You know? So just I'm just trying to learn everything about the business. I think it's... It's really cool, um, especially the community relations, how you can engage people, um, you know, the Hispanic community, African-American community, and um, everybody loves sports. And that's one thing that you can always rally around and it brings people together. Um, you know, I know you've seen so much of this divisive nature that, you know, politics has brought into our country over the last few years. And sports is one of those few things that you can look on the basketball court or a football field. You don't say, look at that black receiver making that that catch or look at that white guy blocking the court. Like, you know, those thoughts never come to your mind. You just watch the team that you're pulling for and pulling for those guys. And, and you see everybody working together from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different races, different creeds. I mean, it's, it's amazing. That's what sports brings. And I love to be a part of that. I think sports allows you to touch so many lives too. It, it opens doors for the athletes, but you in turn can open doors for other people too. And you've been really involved in the community during your time as an NFL player with the Larry Fitzgerald First Down Fund, the Carol Fitzgerald Memorial Fund, also uh, helping with financial support for our military and visiting soldiers. Uh, why do all of this work off of the football field? Why do you want to impact the community so much? Well, tomorrow being Veterans Day, you know, um, it's always been important for me and my family. My my grandfather served 
in the army. He was a, a, a first, a first, a, um, a first lieutenant in the army. Actually, fought in Korea. Um, received a Purple Heart for his service. You know, was uh, he was hurt pretty bad over there. Um, and I have an aunt and an uncle who are both currently in the army. One's a colonel. One's a lieutenant colonel. I have a, I have a, a young cousin who just was promoted to major about a month ago down in in, uh, in Kentucky. So we have a long history of people who have served our country and there's no way we would be able to do the things and have the freedoms that we have as Americans if it wasn't for their sacrifice. And I see that every day. And I'm so very thankful that I can say that I have family that have uh, you know been integral in keeping our freedoms here. Um, you know, it's, so it's, it's been wonderful. And uh, to touch a little bit about my, ch my charity and my community work, my mom was uh, really, you know, heavily involved in uh, the nonprofit world in, in Minneapolis area. I remember, you know, passing out pamphlets with her and going door to door, um, doing community outreach and, you know, really being a part of that. And and so it's something that I always wanted to do. I said, as soon as I have an opportunity to to be able to make a positive impact and have a, a influence in the platform, I was going to try to utilize it and do it in the right way. And fortunately, um, you know, through the help of a lot of people and a lot of sponsors, you know, we've done some good things and I continue to hope that we can continue to raise the bar because at no, no point like now have, uh, have we needed it. And, you know, initially I've been working really hard over the last five years is, uh, you know, um, computer literacy. I think technology is one of those things. I think even now with COVID-19, um, I think things have even ramped up even more so. I mean, there's so many kids that are still not in school. And, um, you know, we don't, Microsoft is a, a team with me for the last few years of donating computer labs to, to schools that were in need. And now it's even, it's been so, so good now with some of these young people not being able to go to school, being able to still be able to log in and be able to be attentive in class and work from home has been, has been great. And so I'm really happy where we are and um, I hope to continue to be able to go in that direction. Yeah. Now, Larry, you, you, you know, you're from Minnesota and you had an opportunity to go back there this uh the past few months uh when there was a lot of social unrest and and all the um the victims that you were able to kind of just see firsthand of what is going on in minnesota which which wasn't just minnesota but what's been going on in the whole country and you penned a wonderful article in the new york times um and was just very um you know really spoke to me because you talked about um hearing everybody um just have you since you wrote that article do you feel like we've made any progress yeah, I, I really do, Ms. Pagula. We we definitely made progress. I I mean, you see the the record number of voters that turned out this year. Um, I mean, 30, 40 percent more than ever has happened. I mean, that's that speaks volumes about where we are as a country. Our young people are taking a a, a true interest in the well-being of our nation, um, and that's where you want to be. I mean, we've had a long history of 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 courageous people that have come from America that stand for the right things. And those people are letting their voices be heard. You know, where George Floyd was murdered was literally about a, a quarter mile from where I was raised and born. I walked those same street corner 30 or 40 times, my mom going grocery shopping and just being out in the community. So it really resonated to hit home for me. And when I got back, you know, I was, people were texting me and asking me what my comments were. And I wasn't making any comments. I didn't, I didn't want to, I wanted to get back home and really, you know, feel the pulse of the community, talk to some of our city councilmen, be able to get to, to some of the local places that I've been going to, the Boys and Girls Club, different organizations where people are on the ground. They can really give me the pulse and understanding of what it was really like. I got a chance to talk to them. And then I, I went to spend about a day and really started pinning down some of the things that I was thinking about and just put it on put it on paper. And um, and New York Times gave me the ability to, to push it out publicly. And, you know, I'm really thankful that they gave me the opportunity to speak up. 
I think it was very important that, like we talked about, um, football has given you a platform and many of our athletes' platforms to talk about real issues that are affecting all of us, um, not just as a player, but, but as human beings. And um, I'm with you. I, I think there has been some change. Of course, there's a lot more to do, but really hopeful that, you know, as we continue on, pandemic or not, that, that we are moving in the right directions. And I know from our players on our team and our staff that, you know, we are also committed to doing much more to end racism um, and to provide, like I said, a listening voice to, to all voices. Yeah. Larry, thank you so much for the time. We love that there's players like you in the NFL who anyone can look up to, Kim and I can look up to. Uh, great to get to talk to you. Wait, you Mary, I got one question though, I gotta ask. Okay. Are we gonna see you next year or not? Retirement, retirement, <laughs> I mean, I gotta uh, ask the question. Well, Ms. Pagula, I don't, I don't, I don't ever make a decision during the season. I always try to give myself a little bit of time after the year, see how I'm feeling, how the season went. To, smart to, man. To make a decision. Smart I, man. Yeah. Are you coming? Are you going? Are you coming to the game this weekend? Oh, of course, I will be there. Okay, I look forward to seeing you All guys. Right. I'll see you on the field. Okay, it's Maddie, nice, nice meeting you, Maddie. On this podcast. All right, go Cardinals. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. All right. Go Bye. The New York Lottery is giving away $50 worth of the new limited edition New York Series scratch-off tickets with a chance to win up to $1 million to one of our lucky listeners each week. Visit buffalobills.com slash New York Lottery or click on the link in the podcast description to enter now. Kim, another thing that we have to bring up is the outpouring support that Bills Mafia is as a fan base, I continue to be surprised by their generosity, uh, by how much they care for our players, for our community. And the reason why we're talking about this is for all of our listeners who may not know, uh, unfortunately, Sean McDermott announced after the Seahawks game that Josh Allen's grandma passed away over the weekend. Sean McDermott, you know, said, Josh, do you, do you want to play in this? You don't need to. And, and Josh of course, decided to play and went on to have such a great game. But what happened after by our fan base was truly amazing. They decided to start donating to Oshai Children's Hospital on behalf of Josh's grandma. And as of like 30 minutes ago, the number is up to $250,000 in donations since Sunday night, such a short period of time but so crazy, uh, so amazing to think of the way that this Bills Mafia fan base cares for their players, cares for the community, and just the support they have in general. When I saw the number reached $100,000 yesterday, I was like brought to tears by it, and to think it's already up to $250,000, just that, wow. Yeah, no, that is such a great story. You know, um, our, our fan base, it's given back to Josh as well as because Josh has really given back to our community as well. And I think it's just that respect and appreciation. And what I love about it is like, listen, there are always so many you know good causes um, that we all can do more with. But things like this, this is so grassroots, so fan inspired. Um, there was no campaign, right? There was no um, kind of just planning that this was all, this is an organizational effort. Uh, this was truly for the love of Josh and what he means to this community and inspired by the fans. And um, I mean, that just says a whole lot about our community. And this isn't the first time, you know, uh, when 
Andy Dalton came here when he played the Bengals after we made the playoffs uh, for so long um, with the playoff drought, you know, they donated to his foundation. So we have a history of our community um, giving back and it just, you, you get to understand what football means to the people of Buffalo and the fan base around the country. So um, I, I just love to hear about this thing. And I, I would say, I'm just, I'm not surprised. I would love to say I'm not surprised. Maybe I'll say that next year. I'm still being surprised by just how cool this fan base is. Um, just with other fan bases that I've interacted with and gotten to know, nothing is like Bill's Mafia. So, And I love they're, um, giving, in, they're giving in $17 increments. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so clever. Yeah. So great. We hope the donations continue and are really just proud to be from Buffalo with the way that this fan base continues to support our players in the community. And we've also got to look ahead to week 10. Kim, we're one week away from the bye week. Uh, we got an early bye week last year. This year, the bye week, I think, is late. coming at the perfect time, and that is a late bye week. But it's time to heal up for the really the end of the season uh, with you know, some of the players who have injuries, who could use a week off, who could use a week of rehab. Uh, but I think we're still pretty healthy going into this Cardinals game. Uh, and the NFC West team, again, we're coming off of a win against the Seahawks and NFC West team. Uh, so what are some of your first thoughts about this matchup? I feel like we just knocked off a team with a really high-powered offense, and here we are entering into another game with a quarterback who can run it and throw it. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, where when we played the Seattle with Russell Wilson, you know, a, a veteran quarterback who has been in big games and who has had a storied career already. And then we're going to be entering someone who's new. And so it's kind of a, a new how does he, you know, how does he play kind of just obviously with the record that they have, he's doing well um, with the numbers that he's putting up both in passing and and in rushing um, certainly can be dangerous. And what I love about this is, you know, again, it's the, the future of the league, right? Here's someone who is young and you've got a, a young coach in Cliff Kingsbury who came from a college setting. And so what does this mean to the league? So you kind of are starting to see the, the evolution of the game um, around the other clubs. And so this is just going to, again, going to be another matchup, another high offense. It'll just going to be looking a little bit different. So looking forward to what uh, Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable and, and coach have in store for us. Yeah, speaking of Leslie Frazier, when he was asked about this matchup, uh, when he spoke to media on Monday, he said that this game is really different to game plan for because of the way that their coach comes from college and their quarterback is not far removed from college. He said a lot of what they use is from college and you don't see it every single week in the NFL, but it's definitely something that's becoming more and more popular just in the way that younger quarterbacks are used in the run game. Right now, Kyler Murray ranks first among quarterbacks in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Kind of is similar uh, with the numbers that he's putting up as to Josh from his first and second season. Of course, Josh isn't really rushing as much this year because of the weapons that he has on the outside, but it'll be an interesting matchup. Tredavious White gets to go against DeAndre Hopkins for the third time, so that's another exciting part about this game. Well, yeah, no, I am just looking forward to it. Like I said, it is hard to win week to week. Um, with the bye, uh, bye week coming up soon, um, I just crossed my fingers, just one more game down, and then we get that kind of 
break and we get the Thanksgiving and then, you know, hit the, uh, hit the road running uh, after that into hopefully what we um, will see is a post-season uh, playoff run. I mean, going into the bye week eight and two sounds pretty perfect to me. It sounds pretty darn good to me as well. So um, I am actually in Florida, but I am heading to Arizona. And so just looking forward to catching up with the team there and cheering them on. They have a few fans. I believe they only have like maybe uh, 4,000 fans or so in attendance. Um, So that will be nice to hear fans again. Haven't had that in a while, but to have fans in in the stadium, even though just a little bit like we talked about, does make a huge difference. It just creates a, a much um, more just, you know, quote, normal um, atmosphere. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. You're going from warm weather in Florida to warm weather in Arizona, but I've got to say the Buffalo weather this week, it's been pretty I, nice in it the was. 70s. I know. I Great. couldn't believe it. I was like, why am I leaving now? But um, <laughs> but I have things to do here in Florida, I have some other work to do. So just wanted to get that done so that I can enjoy all of December up in New York, uh, along with the snow. Does that mean you really enjoy the snow in Buffalo? I do. I do. Okay. I know people are surprised. I do enjoy it. You know, I always grew up on it. So like, I, re- I do miss it. So I may not miss it like in March, but I definitely miss it in, in December. Yep. If I was going to pick winter here, I, the, the snow is fine. I like the snow too. I grew up with snow being from Chicago, but like winter can be over in March or earlier than that. Like how about February is just like our cutoff point and we just get spring because the fact that winter lasts until like April here, not my favorite. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on, I'll try to work on that. <laughs> yeah, you you tell your people, Kim, <laughs> get back to me. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who listened to this week's podcast episode. Got a lot more cool guests coming up as we head into the bye week and beyond. It's Bill's Pod Squad brought to you by the New York Lottery. Kim, thanks for being on with us again. Good to talk to Larry Fitzgerald. Really cool that you guys have a connection to where you're able to bring him on the podcast and just talk about life as an NFL player. I know. You know what? I've really so much enjoyed doing these podcasts, Um, just reconnecting with people, meeting new people, um, and of course, co-hosting it with you, Maddie. Yeah, it's been fun. Ten episodes in. Hopefully a lot more to go. So we'll catch you all All next week. All right. See you after the game. Yeah, see ya. Okay. See ya. Bye.